This is Casper Van Dien, and you're listening to the Horror Squad Podcast. You know what to do! Kill them all! Hello, welcome back to the Horror Squad Podcast. This is episode number 288. Tonight is our big decade of the 70s. I'm your co-host, Ty. We have Joe. We have Steve. Men, how are you doing? Fantastic. I'm super excited. These lists are always such a blast. Thank you, everyone, for sending in your list. Our biggest ever. So you will, you'll hear more about it. But yeah, you guys came through big time. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to get into it. Very, very, very excited. Yeah, I'm pretty psyched as well. Um, I, I might sound a little off, though. I'm a little, still a little sick. Still got that Salem sickness in me, but uh, slowly getting better. And uh, I'm going to run the contest for everyone who sent 70s list next week. So next week's episode, I'm going to pull a name. So thank you, everyone, who sent in their list. I, we really appreciate it. It's It makes this episode way better. So and I'm curious, I you know, what people put in this year. So it'll be fun. Prediction, yeah. Steve. I know Joe already knows it. What do you think is going to be the overall <laughs> number one? I would guess Halloween, which was my original thought. Halloween, The Exorcist, top two probably. Yeah. Uh, after that, it, it's all over the place. What about you? Oh, I'm right there with you. It can be either or, Exorcist or Halloween, uh, based on like overall score. Both are excellent films, and 70s is stacked, man. So I'm excited to talk about it. Also, I'm <laughs> very excited to hear Joe. The favorite word that Joe says every. <laughs> Two or twice a year, I love it. Can't wait to hear it. What is it? Aggregate. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, there you, go. you heard it once tonight. Yes. Maybe you'll hear it more. That's just a teaser, um, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we get into our '70s list, Steve mentioned Salem. I do want to say, please be patient with us. Things are progressing, but save the dates: October 20th through the 22nd. Some bigger hurdles cleared. So, you know, it's the event seems to definitely going to be happening. It's going to be a whole weekend of events. It's going to be huge. So stay tuned. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. Like it, it makes what we did last year look so small in comparison. It's it's not so can't wait to announce that and start that uh, marketing ball. But uh, before we start into a 70s list, here's an ad for Dudley Grounds Coffee. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. All right, let's get those lists out. Uh, we're going to start with our three honorable mentions. Joe, would you like to take over? Absolutely. All right. Very exciting. This, you know, set, man, 70s was stacked, man. It really was, like, going down to it. I mean, we can get into it later. People talk about 80s being the best decade of horror, but I don't know. Looking at this, like, after going through this list, and once we get into the ultimate list, too, I definitely want to do some compare contrast from our 80s list as well so it's, it's gonna be a lot of fun so all right here we go my three honorable mentions for the 1970s honorable mention number one i'm gonna give it to a movie that a lot of people probably don't consider horror but it is a movie that 
terrified me um, the first time I saw it in many ways, and that is Eraserhead. That movie, you know, was is a trip, and it's fucking wild. And I'll never forget the first time I sat down and watched Eraserhead. I want to say it was like maybe freshman year of high school or something. You know, I was kind of looking for like weird type horror movies to get into. And I threw that on and it's a trip, man. It's that's all you can really say about it. But it's 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 fucking wild. And yeah, so shout out to Eraserhead. Second honorable mention I am going to give to The Hills Have Eyes. What what can you really say about it? I I think it did we cover that on the podcast ever. I feel like maybe no, we haven't. Maybe that's something we'll have to do, a double feature down the road. You know, I'm a for I believe the remake is a better horror movie, but the original is also fantastic and that first scene when they attack is just so disturbing and it's definitely one of craven's best and then my last honorable mention is going to be the rocky horror picture show yeah i mean it's just such a fun time it gets better every single time i watch it Uh, yeah it's one of like the my all-time favorite sort of horror-esque musicals i also absolutely loved the episode we did on it uh, on our halloween episode we had a lot of fun with that and yeah, I mean, it's just such a cult classic. And I've been to a couple of the shadow cast performances. If you could ever attend one of those, you're, you'll have an absolute blast. So there you go. Those are my three honorable mentions. All right. So my so I, yeah, I, I had a kind of tough time with my list. My first eight in my top 10 were like really solid and have been for like a year since I started this list. But my other two were kind of in flux. So I watched a bunch of movies and the first two I'm going to mention in my honorable mentions were the ones that I considered for like my number 10, but ultimately chose something else. So the first one is Suspiria. I I like Suspiria. It's a really like crazy movie, probably one of my favorite of his. And it's like, it's definitely one that I expect to see on a lot of lists, but I can't say that I like love it. You know, it's there. It's weird. It's long. It's very dark at times, and I just didn't think it was quite a top 10 film, but definitely one that people should check out. The other one, like Joe, The Hills Have Eyes, uh, rewatched it fairly recently because we're doing our Craven retrospective in like three weeks. So uh, it was one of the one of his. And I do like it a lot, but I do agree with Joe. I think I like the remake more as well. But uh, I do love the original, and it came very, very close to making my top 10 at like number 10, but just quite wasn't there. And my other honorable mention is kind of a, you know, completely on in an, another field. And I didn't know how to include it. Should I include it? Because it was made in the seventies, but released like last year or two years ago. And that's the amusement park, which is George A. Romero's like lost film. So I didn't think it quite belonged on the seventies list because it was only released like two years ago. But I thought I should at least give it a shout out because it is a fantastic film and fucking sad as hell. Man, Romero's just the man. So, yeah, those are my three. All right, very nice. My uh, my three here. And like you guys, I think like the top five of the ten are pretty easy. Like you can maybe swap them here and there, but the bottom were like the ones where I really had to think about. And I kept going back and forth, back and forth, even to like the moment... I, before I send it to Joe, I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to finalize it and send it because I'm going to be looking at this all day. But one of mine is The Living Dead at Manchester Morgue. I just love zombie movies, man. And the reason it doesn't make my top 10 is because the ending is so stupid. If you haven't seen it, I don't really want to spoil it, but there's no fucking way a zombie would be able to, to, to do this. So I'll leave it at that. 
Another one I think that's very underrated is Don't Go in the House. This one's about a gentleman that takes like, you know, victims, hookers, girls, whatever, to his mother's house who abused him. And he has like this inferno room where he lights them on fire. And I think it's very underrated, very cool film. That's Don't Go in the House. And then lastly is Tourist Trap, which is a better version of, oh shoot, I'm now I'm forgetting the name, the remake. House of Wax. There you go. Better version of that film. And it's just like genuinely creepy like there's a scene with mannequins and this really cool sound effect that i absolutely love so those are my top three we got a dunk on the house tourist trap and the living dead and manchester morgue all right ladies and gentlemen so let's get into it our top 10 horror movies of the 1970s coming in at number 10 for me you just heard from todd tourist trap i hadn't seen tourist trap and the first time i had seen it was honestly less than probably 10 years ago and it blew me away when i saw it i absolutely loved it chuck connors gives an amazing performance i love the setting i agree with todd i think it is a better version of sort of house of wax although i do love house of wax the original and the remake both solid films i just just something about tourist trap just hits me the right way and i put it i also put it on here because i think it's a movie a lot of people haven't seen so that's why i'm going to put it at number 10 Give it some love. Give it some recognition. If you haven't checked it out, it's one of Full Moon's best. So check it out, Taurus Trap. All right. My number 10 is one that, man, it was on and off <laughs> my number. I wasn't sure if I should put it or not. And finally, I decided to do so. And that is the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which uh, we reviewed last year. You know, like, like Joe said, this movie, I didn't love this movie the first time I saw it, like way back when. Like one of my first dates ever was to watch that movie with my girlfriend and her friends. And I didn't like it then, but every time I watch it, I just like it more and more every time. And when we reviewed it, I even downloaded the album. And it's just a fucking fun movie. You know, it's a great intro to horror. Tim Curry is just a fucking delight in it. And I I think it's deserving of a top 10. You know, it's kind of a left field pick, but I I think it's a strong movie. And uh, yeah, so that's why I put it on the list. Yeah, it's an amazing movie. And I, yeah. It's awesome. All right, coming in my number 10 is George A. Romero's The Crazies. And this film is very low budget. And you can see where George is going to work his way up to like bastard pieces that are like Dawn of the Dead and so on. But for one particular scene in this film, one of the main characters is in a shootout with like the, the soldiers. And he thinks he has it all taken care of. He's taking them all out. He goes to relax and smoke a cigarette. And then a surviving soldier shoots him in the head. And it's just like a jarring scene that you think our hero wins and he doesn't. Phenomenal. The remake's pretty cool too, but I don't think you have the remake without the the building blocks that is the original. So that's number 10, The Crazies. All righty. Coming in at number nine for me is Wes Craven's Last House on the Left. It's a tough movie to get through, but I also think it's a great movie in a lot of ways. Um, it was one of, obviously it was Craven's pretty much first horror movie he ever did, but man, it just feels so authentic, so raw. It really feels like something you shouldn't be watching at times. And just, I, I it's tough. Cause like, obviously when you're dealing with scenes of, of rape and torture and stuff like that, it, it's, it's brutal. But I think it, for a movie like this, it was really necessary for you to feel pain in the parents for when they finally get their revenge and that's what makes it so satisfying um when they finally do get their revenge so yeah i mean it's a tough movie but one that has stuck with me to this day and that's why it makes my number nine 
All right. My number nine is a movie that wasn't on my list until I did a rewatch, uh, like maybe two months ago. And that is The Wicker Man. Uh, this is kind of a cult movie about uh, this cult on an island that are being investigated because of a disappearance. You could definitely tell movies like Midsommar, like where they got their inspiration from. It's got great imagery. Christopher Lee plays kind of the leader of the cult, and he's very good at, uh, you know, kind of fooling people and making people believe that this is a good place and all that stuff. My only knock on it was that I didn't like the main protagonist, so I didn't care what happened to him. But it's good all the way through, right up to that very iconic ending, of course, with The Burning Man. Uh, Yeah, I like this one a lot. So The Wicker Man, number nine. Number nine for me is Wes Craven's The Hills Have Eyes. And I agree with both of you. I think the remake is the superior film in every aspect. But this film, like Joe's reasoning for The Last House on the Left, it feels very dirty at times. Like you get that fucking creep vibe, especially the assault on the the, the Carter family's RV. You know, sexual assault is never never good obviously and then when you see it in the film and it like keeps going and going plus adding to the grotesqueness of the mutants and all that stuff it's just like ugh, it's gross and then having the the family get revenge it's fucking it's fucking awesome so hills of ice west craven i think that's what 1974 or five something like that don't quote me on that 1977 that was a little off yeah all right coming in at number eight for me is bob clark's black christmas it's just such a great movie. It's probably one of my my favorite or one of my favorite, you know, obviously Christmas horror movies. But there's just it's not just a Christmas horror movie. There's a lot of layers to this movie. Um, it's not just your typical sort of slasher. It deals with very serious themes of um, abortion and whatnot as well. That at the, it really like when I did watch it, it really surprised me kind of like how serious of a movie it was at times. And just like, it's just so creepy. Just like the the voice on the phone and stuff like that. Just super memorable. And of course, just the iconic image of the woman uh, up in the attic uh, with the bag over her face is something that is burned into my brain forever. So number eight, Black Christmas. All right. My number eight is Brian De Palma's Carrie from 1976, I believe. Carrie's just one of those films that I think is like super well done. It's surprising, it's shocking the first time you see it. It deals with heavy themes, you know, bullying and uh, all the religious stuff. And you get a very young uh, John Travolta appearing in it as well. And it's it always just marked me. I mean, that final scene is probably one of the most iconic in film history. And I just, I appreciate it more and more as I watch it. It's one that plays a lot in Halloween on AMC, like during their Fear, Fear Fest. So it's one I've seen quite a few times. And even though they've remade or rebooted this film multiple times, I think the original is still the best version of this story. So carry it number eight. All right. My number eight is an absolute gem. It uh, toes the line of sci-fi, but that's Alien. And this movie, I mean, it's they've been make, they're still making movies to this day, right? And the Xenomorphs were spawned from this film. It's got some of the best tension. It spawned, the, in my opinion, the best uh, female hero, heroine of all time, Ellen Ripley. And it's just fucking cool. You got essentially truckers in space fighting an alien and trying to figure out how to outsmart it and just going down to the wire and you got the cool freaking computer character you got dallas you got that awesome iconic scene where i can't imagine how cool that would have been to be in the theater with the chest burster the first time coming out like you see reaction videos of people from that time and they're just fucking losing their minds it'd be so cool just to live that you know um but that's alien man it's 
It doesn't get any better than that with uh, Space Horror. Definitely. All right. Coming in at number seven for me, you just heard it from Steve a little bit ago. Brian De Palma's Carrie, everything he just said, you know, I'll never forget that opening shower scene. It's just so just horrible, but also just so memorable at the same time. Sissy Space, like obviously amazing, but I give it to Piper Laurie, man, for performance because holy shit, her as the mother is just what a terrifying sort of character, just like the super over-religious just mother it holy shit her, her performance is amazing and then of course you, you know the blood dropping scene one of the most iconic scenes in all of horror and just her getting that revenge just the look on her face man like when she's doing all that is oh another image just burned in my brain so number seven carrie all right my number seven is lucio fulci's zombie or Zombie 2, depending on which version uh, of the disc you have. I, you know, love zombie films. And of course, being a big Romero fan, seeing Zombie was just incredible. It's a very well-made film. It's disgusting at times. Uh, it has some of the, you know, Italian <laughs> zombie tropes, you know, the eye cutting and all that stuff. And it's just an enjoyable film. Like, it's uh, it's really well-made. And uh, it's one that I check out every few years, I'd say. So, yeah, I dig it. Uh, zombie at my number seven. Interesting. My seven is also zombie. Yeah, all those things that Steve mentioned. It's, I mean, a guy fights a shark, and they film that practically, which is amazing. A girl gets slowly pulled into a large uh, wood splinter, pierces her eye. Awesome scene. The final stand of them in the barn, just throwing Molotov cocktails at zombies as they approach. Awesome. Ah, man, it's just a good movie. I fucking love zombie. And then the ending is just... I. If you haven't seen Zombie, please go see Zombie. If you love uh, zombie films, you got to see Zombie. Lucio Fulci's, and I said Zombie like four times in a matter of 30 seconds, but there you go. Yeah, I, that's when I got to revisit. It's been so long since I've seen it, but holy shit, the fucking uh, the nail scene with the eye. Or whatever, yeah. oh, it's like the most memorable scene ever. I think I've said this on the podcast before, but when I was back in the day in middle school, I was part of the horror committee. We went on Brick Access Television and we played a scene from Zombie. The, we played that scene with the nail on Access Television. Also, we played uh, a scene from Dawn of the Dead as well. So just just great 70s horror right there. Yeah, there it is right there. All right. Coming in at number six. And let me preface this before I announce it by saying my top six, pretty interchangeable. Like depending on the day of the week, it could be number anyone's like no, these top six could be number ones, you know, for any of them. But here come the tomatoes, ladies and gentlemen. Number six, Dawn of the Dead, because I know Steve and Todd, they're going to be a lot higher than me, I'm sure on this one. It's, but Dawn of the Dead, obviously, absolutely iconic. One of the best zombie movies ever made. The mall scene. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's just not higher for me because you'll hear my top five and just... They just, the top five just hit it a little harder for me, but you know, Dawn of the Dead, awesome movie. All right. My number six is one we uh, talked about before. I think Todd mentioned it already. That is Ridley Scott's Alien. I prefer Aliens, but Alien is still a solid film in its own right. This one dipping more into the horror than the sci-fi like uh, the second one does. And it's just a really like well-made an interesting film and when i rewatched it um last year i think it, it just amazes me that this was made in the 70s because it's so fucking well made uh, the production value is really really high 
Sigourney Weaver, just absolutely fantastic as a Ripley and, you know, all the other people who were on the crew as well. All great. And I just uh, really, really love this film. The aesthetic, the history that it has behind it, the lore. Amazing. So, yeah, Alien, my number six. Alrighty, my number six is a slasher that I think is one of the best of all time, and that's 73's Torso. This one essentially is a sex-craved maniac who is stalking the local female population, and some of the girls that are scared decide to go rent a villa down out of the city so until this all blows over. Little do they know that the killer overheard their plans and is going up there to terrorize them as well. There's a scene in here that's fucking glorious, man, where one of the girls, um, the killer does his rampage and one of the girls was absent, right, from the house. So he thinks he fucking took them all out and she's been hiding this whole time. When he, the killer overhears some townspeople saying, yeah, like all but one uh, were killed and he overhears, he's like, oh, and he goes back to the fucking villa and waits for her to come out of her hiding spot. It's so fucking good. The tension is like riveted to 10. The ending where they're fighting off the bad guys, awesome. So I can't recommend this one enough. That's Torso. I believe it's streaming on Tubi too, but definitely worth a, a, a Blu-ray, which from Arrow, they did the best best version, in my opinion. Nice. I don't think I've ever seen it. So oh, that's one I'm definitely going to check out. All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Top five, let's do it. Top five horror movies of the 1970s. Coming in at number five for me is, you've heard it before, you'll hear it now, Alien. I mean... What can you really say? The xenomorphs are just absolutely just a terrifying species. <sighs> just holy shit. Like you really, the tension in this movie is just amazing. You know, in space, no one can hear you scream. Just what a tagline. And yeah, I mean, the chestburster scene, one of the most I absolutely iconic scenes in all of horror. Um, and Alien, like, you know, it became more obviously of a sci-fi you know, movies, but the first one is through and through pretty much straight horror. And, you know, obviously, like Todd said, Sigourney Weaver, one of the greatest, you know, female characters of all time, of all time, just a complete, absolute badass. Yeah. And that's why it makes my number five. I have a feeling we'll be hearing a lot of the same film. So over the next uh, five. So uh, my number five is 1974's Toby Hooper directed The Texas Chainsaw massacre this movie just makes you feel dirty it gives you that dirty and feeling that i feel is really a 70s thing like there's something about the aesthetic of the 70s that is just raw and gross and i really like it and this movie is probably the best example of this you know it's uh very low budget filmmaking for that time and they use their resources really well I mean, Leatherface is one of the most captivating horror icons, you know, of, of all time. It's just, it's a really, really good film and must watch. Well, all of the top five are really going to be must watches, but this one is, uh, it's a good one. Spawned a billion sequels and remakes and prequels and all that stuff. So love it, man. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, number five. Alrighty. My number five is The Exorcist. This movie was one of the ones that scared the living shit out of me when I was a kid when I saw it. I remember poking around the corner uh, when my sister and older friends were watching it and Reagan is like floating and it's, it's so good. The the head turning around scene, Father Marin is so fucking cool. Um, his sacrifice at the end where he takes the demon into him and kills himself, so fucking badass. The lighting, the sound design, subtle things that are like not really creepy if you think about it. But if you had that happen to you, it's fucking what? My bed, my bed was shaking. Reagan, 
don't tell me this shit. It's it's fucking great. And The Exorcist, I mean, it's definitely not going to be number one, because we all know what my number one's going to be, but two through five, you can put this movie anywhere. Exorcist is awesome. Excellent. All right, coming in at number four. Donna, 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 Donna. You hear that theme, you know exactly what you're getting into, and that is Steven Spielberg's Jaws. Just, I mean, come on. I mean, it's like one of the most iconic movies of all time, which says a lot that it's coming in at number four. But man, the top three are just, I mean, God, the top five, just absolute all bangers. Top six, actually, just all absolute bangers on this list. Yeah, I mean, the greatest shark movie of all time, probably the greatest like summer-themed movie of all time. Brody, Quint, Hooper, like just the three of them on the boat together, just iconic, you know, and yeah, just fucking Bruce the Shark, just amazing. It literally terrified people. People did not want to go in the water after this movie. People still to this day are terrified of going in the water. Yeah, and just that score. I mean, holy shit, amazing. Yeah, and my number four, also Jaws. I mean... You know, the like the top four are all five out of fives for me. So it's uh it wasn't that tough of a pick because I do like the other three a little bit more, but this is just such an iconic movie in every way. Steven Spielberg did such a great job at capturing fear of the ocean and of sharks and telling great stories. He knows when the movie needs to speed up and when the movie needs to slow down. Uh it's just such an iconic movie in every way. That music so good. And I think we wouldn't have a shark week on discovery if he had not made this movie. I think the obsession with sharks is attributed a lot to this particular film. So, I mean, to this day, 2023, that's, uh, you know, it's almost 50 years ago. It still resonates with people. So jaws number four. Yeah. Very nice movie. <laughs> Let's say the least. My number four is John Carpenter's Halloween. Talk about a movie that is got the rewatchability. I mean, every Halloween I'm putting on, I know um, it's very similar with most Halloween or horror fans in general. Halloween's always on. It's a staple. It's a great entry into quote unquote adult horror. It's a good like, you know, transition point. Characters are amazing. The shape is just fucking, I mean, we're going to say iconic. I'll be between all three of us. We're going to say iconic for a lot of these films. And this is iconic, man. It doesn't get any more iconic than Michael Myers standing behind a white sheet. Lori looks back and he's not there anymore. Come on. Michael Myers looking behind the hedge and looks back. He's not there anymore. Fucking her friends are awesome. And it doesn't suffer from a lot of the uh, slasher movie problems where you hate the supporting cast. You like the supporting cast and you like are sad that they that they die. Halloween, man. Uh, five out of five. But still my number four. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like I, I we'll get into it, man. But I think this 70s blows away the, the 80s in some ways here. Um, all right, coming in at number three for me, Toby Hooper's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre um, for all the same reasons you've heard from the other guys. But yeah, I mean, just, man, the, the cinematography for just such a, like, a low-budget movie, it's just like so authentic and just amazing. Some of the shots Hooper does in this movie is, is just awesome. That van scene when they pick up the hitchhiker just holy shit the tension in that scene you're just waiting for just something terrible to happen the whole time and just man just so good and that's even before you are introduced to leatherface you know and then just from there just absolute insanity ensues the fucking dinner scene 
God, just one of the most terrifying scenes in all of horror when they bring fucking grandpa down. I mean, are you kidding me? Just like the craziest shit you'll, you'll ever see in a horror movie. And it just feels so real and authentic. Like Steve was saying, just the grittiness and just the rawness of the 70s really is unmatched. And, you know, we talked about it, you know, Hills Have Eyes and Last House on the Left and even Black Christmas and just everything. But man, I, nothing I don't think touches just the, the rawness of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right. Uh, two and three can be interchangeable for me, depending on which day you ask me. But this is on the day that I send Joe the list. So my number three is William Freakin's The Exorcist. I fucking love this movie. I've seen it multiple, multiple times, and I love it just as much every every time. I just okay, Beetlejuice. <laughs> I love that's right. Uh, I, I love revisiting it, and I mean, it's just it's scary. It scared me as a kid, and it's still pretty spooky to this day. The makeup effects are fantastic. The sound design is really good. It's got some crazy fucking set stories. You know, if you watched uh, like cursed films and stuff like that, there's there was a lot going on in the uh, background of The Exorcist. You know, I, I've bought, I purchased pretty much every version of this movie that's that's come out. You know, you buy the DVD, and then it's the version you've never seen, so you need to buy that as well. And then you get the Blu-ray, and then you get the special edition Blu-ray. It's just like one of those fucking movies that I buy over and over again, and it's just so fucking good. So if if you haven't seen this movie, or for some reason you didn't like it the first time. Don't be crazy and watch it or watch it again. Would you recommend the theatrical or the director's cut? Oh, uh, I really like the spider walk scene. Uh, so I guess I would go with the director's cut because it's just, it's such a cool scene. Like it, I, it boggles my mind that they didn't add it into the, into the film. Yeah, that's crazy. All right. My number three is Joe number three, Texas Chainsaw Massacre directed by Toby Hooper. I don't even know where to begin. Uh, everything Joe said about it, everything Steve said about it, it's so fucking gross. It's gross. Like, everything is sweaty because they, if you read anything about this, the behind the scenes, they filmed this shit in summer months in Texas, in a van with no AC, in a house with no AC, but you have a bunch of set lights, which add X amount of fucking heat to the room. Everyone hated each other because everyone started getting mad and just like, Gunnar Hansen started stinking and you got this, you know, the chicken that's like smelling up the room and everything. It's just fucking gross. My, uh, the most disturbing scene to me, and there's a lot, man, like what's his face when he first meet, when we first meet Leatherface, he comes out of nowhere and bashes the dude's head in and he starts twitching his leg and he hits him again. Fucking brutal, man. Then he hangs the girl on the hook. Like in the matter of like two minutes, all this shit just happens. But the most disturbing scene to me is, uh, I forget his name, but he's like the nicer one, right? The older gentleman. He gets Sally and he like puts her in his truck and he starts just hitting her with like, with like a, uh, I think it's a broom or something, but he's got this sadistic smile and giggle where he feels bad about it, but then he does it again and smiles. And then he feels bad about it and does it again and smiles. It's just like for not being quote unquote professional actors, everyone sells their roles perfectly. And then like Joe mentioned, that dinner scene, oh my God, man, when she wakes up and it's the reveal that she's at the dinner with these fucking psychos and they just start howling at her and making fun of her and she's in distress. It's like, it blurs the re it, it blurs what's fiction and truth because it's like you don't know especially like when you're a kid and you're watching this shit it's like man I feel like like you said I think that you shouldn't be watching this and it's just a fucking perfect I don't know slasher dirty ass movie and it doesn't it doesn't stop it it 
it gets you in the beginning and literally she's screaming at the end as she as she rolls away in the back of the truck like there's no fucking break for these characters so sex chance massacre and a number three very nice well said all right top two ladies and gentlemen coming in at number two for me john carpenter's halloween i mean like i think one of you guys said you put it on every single october every single halloween this movie is just an absolute staple you know, one of the greatest slashers of all time, one of the greatest characters of all time, and Michael Myers spawn has spawned quite the franchise that is still going, obviously, to this day. Just like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, obviously, with Leatherface. But there's just something about that first Halloween, man. The, the, you didn't need any blood for it to be scary. You know, you don't see, I don't think, one drop of blood that entire movie. Because you just need just that that tension and that score. You know, Carpenter's score is just absolutely amazing in this movie. Just the stalking of the Michael Myers character. He's, you know, he's just, in the, in the original, he's really just sort of a man, you know, until that ending with obviously the six shots, which makes it even more terrifying when, you know, Loomis looks down and he, he's not there after shooting him and just absolutely iconic. But yeah, holy shit, Donald Pleasance as well as, as Dr. Loomis, just what a performance by him. Thank God he, you know, he took on that role. He really just, just was absolutely smashed it. And then of course, you know, young Jamie Lee Curtis, just, you know, Laurie Strode, one of the greatest female heroines of our time as well. Yeah. I mean, just, just an absolutely amazing movie. So many iconic scenes just unforgettable and just you hear that theme song even if you're not a horror fan you know exactly what it is yeah and that is why it's also my number two what more can i say you know from that that theme music to the, the you know you could you could just smell pumpkin guts and fall leaves when you watch that movie because like for me personally it's the movie that i always carve pumpkins to it's always what's playing in the background so i always have the kind of that fall halloween feeling when i watch it and it's just one that i enjoy so much i watch it every single year without fail it is my october movie that uh you know i usually watch it a day or two before halloween because i'm carving the pumpkins and everything and it's just such an iconic film in every way uh, I love it so much, you know, and even one of my favorite experiences at Halloween Horror Nights was to go through the Halloween house. Uh, you know, I got to do it with Joe uh, last year, which was fantastic. And my favorite moment ever at Halloween Horror Nights was maybe eight, nine years ago at this point. I, I went into, it was one of the bedroom scenes, and I always kind of peek the corners to see where the scare actors are going to be, you know? And I look into the room and I, okay, there's there's no obvious like cubby or anything. So no Michael Myers in here. So I, okay, this room is clear of Michael Myers. And just as I think that, I look into the mirror and Michael Myers is standing right behind me with the knife up. And I just had goosebumps at how amazing that was because it felt like I was in the movie. And yeah, this movie's so fucking iconic. And it's unbelievable that a movie this iconic is my number two. You know, it just shows how strong the fucking 70s are. So yeah, Halloween, number two. Nice. I like all the passion coming out in this top five right now. We're a little like, eh, these movies are great. And the lower ones of our top five were like gushing over them. I love it. All right. So my number two is, I think, one of the greatest films ever made, period. And that's Jaws for the for the previously mentioned reasons. It's just, what, what other movie, honestly, has shaped the entire world uh, towards one thing? And I can't name any others i mean maybe like exorcist for like demonic things things like that but jaws as in like a tangible thing in the ocean 
everyone thinks about this fucking movie. I guarantee it when they go in the water. I still think about it when I go in a fucking pool. This like movie single-handedly ruined bodies of water for me because I always have in the back of my mind that this fucking giant shark is going to eat me. Um, the opening scene is amazing. And then the behind the scenes stuff about that, her breaking her ribs because the divers are pulling her down too hard is awesome. The fact that they weren't, they were going to show the shark a lot more and due to technicalities or technical difficulties with Bruce, they weren't able to. But what came out of that was just phenomenal, man. Like, I think the shark still holds up today. I think it looks pretty damn good. The characters, the camaraderie between them all is awesome. Even Quint, too, like he sees Chief Brody as kind of like he sees like a, he's like a father figure over him because the chief is like not the ocean faring gentleman. He makes a lot of mistakes that even Hooper's little cocky ass gives him shit for. But Quint, even though he's a drunk, he's a crazy guy, helps him. And man, <laughs> there's so many cool scenes in this. Obviously, Smiley Son of a Bitch is fucking amazing. But my, I think the scariest scene in this and my favorite scene personally is when Quint is struggling to fucking hold himself from falling into the shark. The shark at this point has gotten on the back of the orca. It's tilting it backwards. So you just have this giant open mouth shark chomping and Quint slowly sliding towards the open mouth. And it's just like the desperation. His performance is so cool. He goes in the shark's mouth, chomps down, and there's fucking his scream. Man, Jaws, you can't get any better than this as far as animal horror. And then, like I said, I think one of the best technically made films of all time. That's Jaws, baby. Love it. All right, let's do it, folks. My number one horror movie of the 1970s is William Friedkin's The Exorcist. Um <sighs> This movie just absolutely fucking terrified me. The first time I saw it, I think it's still scary at time at, to this day. There are still scenes that definitely make, you know, the hair on my arms stand up. Man, and just the performances in this movie are just so good, but it's really all about Father Karras and Father Marin. The two of them together, their sort of chemistry in that exorcist scene, exorcism scene is just fucking amazing you know just what they did with just this you know an innocent little girl i mean literally you have her fucking masturbating with a crucifix in one scene you know fucking her head spinning around just shit no one saw like that in the early 1970s this is the one movie i think i wish i could go back in time and see for the first time in theaters with the crowd because i just wanted to see, so I can just imagine probably the horror on people's faces in some of these scenes. And yeah, I mean, those flashes of just Pazuzu, even though there's literally a character, you know, a character that's become iconic, that's literally in the movie for under 10 seconds, but just everyone remembers those flashes of that face. Just horrifying. And yeah, I mean, obviously, Ellen Bernstein as the mother. I mean, just, yeah, the performances are, are just amazing. I mean, it, there's a reason why it won all these, the Oscars and whatnot. It's just, an, to me, it's just an unforgettable movie and just, I, just iconic. So many iconic scenes. It's, once again, another, I mean, honestly, like these top five horror movies on my list, not non-horror fans know exactly what these movies are. You put in, you know, an image, they're going to know right away. So, like I said, you know, top five interchangeable i mean they're all fucking five out of five movies absolutely amazing but for whatever reason just exorcist just just hits me a little differently and that's why it makes my number one all right and my number one no surprise to anyone who listens to this show uh, i talk about it often as being my favorite horror film of all time and that is george a. romero's dawn 
of the dead it is not the film that got me into like that it wasn't my intro to horror but it's the movie that made me fall in love with horror i just i remember seeing it in probably high school and just being so enamored with it you know it's got everything it's got crazy blood and guts it's got zombies it's got serious like themes in it but it's also got like goofiness and comedy and i love the characters you know they work so well as an ensemble and they also you also think like you know the whole time you're watching what would i do if i were in a mall and just get free reign of picking up everything and doing what i want in that mall and your imagination goes wild I mean, sure, the zombies look a little goofy, but that almost makes them more iconic. You know, now it's just they have a very certain look that I I really love. I love that the zombies all are own their own characters. Like, you know, you have a baseball player and a nun and a nurse. And, you know, the the fat guy who's like going up the escalator. It's just I, I fucking love that movie. And it's so rewatchable. It would probably be one of my uh, Desert Island movies. You know, if I were to bring like three films, this would be probably one of them and i just adore it for so many so many reasons and i love rewatching it every time that i can so dawn of the dead an easy number one for me in the 70s yeah and same for me number one dawn of the dead same exact reason too wasn't my intro to horror but it was what made me a horror fan and as soon as i saw this film i'm like i gotta see everything you know that's when i started hardcore searching for VHS tapes and Fangoria magazines and the internet was in its infancy, but started doing that as well. And man, just on the dead, I love the characters. I love the camaraderie. I love how the characters grow in this film too. Like you got Flyboy who, who grows into his own character, Fran, who does the most growing ever. She's like this kind of quote unquote worthless female character that turns into being a fucking badass female character. Cause she's like, you know what? I'm not going to be your fucking housewife. Like you guys could teach me how to shoot. You're going to teach me how to fucking fly the helicopter and I'm going to be helpful too. And she does Peter, you got Roger. It's man. And to this day, I still get bummed out when Roger gets bit in the leg when they're doing the, they're trying to block the entrances with the trucks. I, st- I know what's going to happen. I know he's fucking around. I know he's losing his cool and he still gets bit and it still makes me mad. And then there, you know, a couple scenes later there, uh, he's, he's going to pass. And he's like, Hey, I'm going to try not to come back. And we're with him. He comes back and he gets fucking blown away. And then you have even Flyboy, man, when he's in the, the elevator, you feel his pain. Cause like he gets shot in the arm and the blood effects is over the top in this film. And you, you feel, in at least my opinion, feel his pain from that wound. And then the next time we see him, he's a zombie and he leads the other zombies up to their little hideout and breaks in and gets shot. I love it. It's my favorite movie, of, uh, horror movie of all time. It's, eh, there's some nitpicks with everything, but this movie's fucking amazing. So that's Dawn of the Dead. Watch it. Love it. Like me and Steve do. Awesome. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've all been waiting for, our top 10 70s movies based on your lists. This is what we like to call our ultimate top 10 of the 1970s. If you've never listened to the podcast before, what we do is we ask our listeners to send in their top 10 list as well. So once again, just thank you all of you guys for sending in your list. Obviously we wouldn't be able to do an ultimate top 10 without you guys. So thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. Cause you know, it's, it's awesome. I absolutely love doing these ultimate lists and it's, you know, without you guys couldn't do it. So we received 31 total lists. That includes of course, the three of us on the podcast. This was our biggest total yet. 
in comparison, um, our 80s list, we received 28. So a few extras this time around. So thank you guys for that. Now, how this works is, you know, starting from 10 to 1, 10 receives two points all, uh, and so on and so forth, all the way up to number one, which receives 20 points for a first place vote. So let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen, our ultimate top 10. Let's start, though, with honorable mentions. So here are the top, the three that just missed on making the top 10. So coming in at number 13, a movie we haven't heard yet tonight, The Amityville Horror. The Amityville Horror received 50 points total, was on six of the 31 lists, and peaked with one fourth place vote. Coming in at number 12, The Wicker Man which I think was only on Steve's list. So The Wicker Man received 68 points, was on nine of the 31 lists, and peaked with one third-place vote. And coming in at number 11, just missing out on the top 10 by the skin of its teeth, Black Christmas. Black Christmas received 88 points, was on 10 of the 31 lists, and did receive one first-place vote. So there you go. Someone's number one. So what do you guys think? Honorable mentions? Solid? Yes. Yeah, solid. And uh, there were, uh, Amityville wasn't, but the other two were at least on one of our lists. Yes. I actually rewatched Amityville like two weeks ago in preparation for the list. And it's good, but I don't know. It's a little slow. Not a whole lot happens. Personally, I thought it's like more of a three and a half out of five, you know? So Get out. Good one, but it uh, wasn't in my top 10. But they're all worthy. Honorable mentions, I think. All right. All right. So let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. The ultimate top 10 list. Like I had mentioned, 31 total lists, 61 different movies received a vote. In comparison, our 80s list, 63 different movies received a vote. And 10 different movies received a first place vote. In comparison, 12 movies received a first place vote for our 80s episode. All right. So let's do it. Coming in at number 10, from 1977, The Hills Have Eyes. The Hills Have Eyes received 96 points, was on 12 of the 31 lists, and peaked with one second-place vote. Coming in at number 9, also from 1977, Suspiria. Suspiria received 114 points, was on 11 of the 31 lists, and peaked with one second-place vote. Coming in at number eight from 1976, a movie I don't think has been mentioned yet, The Omen. The Omen received 122 points, was on 15 of the 31 lists, so just about half the list, and uh, peaked with one third-place vote. It's all for you, Damien. <laughs> yes. It's, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's iconic, iconic yeah. car. I will say before we get to our number seven, these last seven, like absolute like runaways compared to sort of all the other ones on the list. So, I mean, I think this is pretty definitive. And then like top three, like not even fucking close, like holy shit. All right. So coming in at number seven from 1976, Carrie. Carrie received 178 points, was on 20 of the 31 lists and peaked with one third-place vote. Coming in at number six from 1978, George A. Romero's 
Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead received 222 points, was on 19 of the 31 lists, and received three first place votes. So obviously, Steve and Dodd, two of those were yours, and we got one other. All right, let's do it, ladies and gentlemen. Your top five horror movies of the 1970s, coming in at number five, Alien. Alien received 232 points, was on 19 of the 31 lists, and did peak with a first place vote. Coming in at number four from 1975, Steven Spielberg's Jaws. Jaws, here, and here's the jump, ladies and gentlemen, received 336 points, 100 points more than our number five movie, Alien, was on 25 Jeez. of the 31 lists and received three first-place votes. <laughs> yeah, pretty crazy. All right, let's do it. Top three horror movies of the 1970s based on the list. Coming in at number three from 1973, The Exorcist. The Exorcist received 370 points, was on 25 of the 31 lists, and received five first-place votes. Ooh, I'm surprised it got three. I thought peaking at two or one. Interesting. Yeah. Which means coming in at number two from 1974, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre received 394 points, was on 28 of the 31 lists, and peaked with six first place votes. Which leaves us, of course, ladies and gentlemen, with number one, according to all of you, the number one horror movie of the 1970s from 1978, John Carpenter's Halloween. Halloween. Listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. 486 points Damn. in comparison. <laughs> in comparison, our number two movie, 394 points. So almost a hundred point difference between our number one and number two movie was on 29 of the 31 lists. So pretty much every single list. It was made, and get this, ladies and gentlemen, nine people had it as their number one movie. In comparison, our 1980s episode, The Shining, was only on, only four people had it as their number one movie. So I think without a doubt, you can say Halloween is the greatest movie of the 1970s. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the ultimate top 10 list of the 1970s. Thoughts? Not too well, surprised. Other than Exorcist, I think. I, I also thought it'd be number two, but uh, I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a very worthy number two as well. Yeah, thank, also for the people out there, Joe does this by hand, so thank you for doing all that work. Yeah, I mean, shoot. Solid list, man. I'll watch any of those movies that are mentioned, except the only one I don't really like is Suspiria. That one never really, never really did it for me, but the other ones, I mean, shoot, they're all freaking good. You know what I was surprised, though? Is that there wasn't a film on the top 10 that made 31 out of 31 lists. I thought that would have at least, at least been Exorcist. Uh, there's no way. There's always there's always those like, you know, like, you know, shout out my cousin. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't submit a list because he didn't have enough. But his lists are always like all over the fucking place. Like he's a he's one of those. <laughs> and, and now yeah. Yeah, 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 that's right. People are different. Like I had a couple people say, like I didn't want to do the mainstream sort of movies. You know, I kind of wanted to do something a little different. So that you know, you're just never gonna get that. I think 29 out of 31 lists is pretty as close as you're gonna get in comparison. Uh, last year, The Shining was on 21 
of the 28 lists. Um, so, I mean, a lot more this time around. Yeah, I mean, so really quickly, I want you guys to compare the top five of the 80s and the top five of the 70s. And I just want to hear your thoughts. So top five of the 1980s, this is obviously based on the ultimate list, which let me just, in comparison here, Alien, right? Our number five was on 19 of the 31 lists. Number five from the 80s, Poltergeist, only was on 10 of 28 of the list. So 80s, a lot more, um, I think, not as definitive as the 70s. But let, let's just go over this real quick. You're doing the top five. I'm sorry, for the 80s? Top, yeah, top five for the 80s, just in, in Which comparison. Which one do you guys think is better for our five? This one or Poltergeist? Poltergeist or Alien. I mean, obviously, I I alien, alien without yeah, a yeah. doubt. <laughs> so, uh, also, uh, so at number four for the '80s, an American Werewolf in London. In comparison, Jaws. <laughs> I uh, mean, Jaws kicks no comparison. <laughs> number three. Here now, this one I think uh, maybe a little more of a, a fighting chance between A Nightmare on Elm Street and The Exorcist. To me, obviously, The Exorcist still fucking kills it. Oh yeah. And then number two. The Thing and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now that is a battle, and I gotta give it. To, I'm giving it to the Thing personally. <sighs> Me but too. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'll be tough. the odd man out then. I'm doing TCM just because it's so, so gritty, so real, so gross. Mm-hmm. All right, and then number one, The Shining versus Halloween. I mean, me personally, I give it to The Shining, but but I mean, uh... it's tough. <laughs> I mean, re- re- rewatchability, I go Halloween, so I'll stick with Halloween, but both fucking five out of five is easy. Right. Yeah. And this will so, all come to play when, uh, and spoiler alert for one of the questions we get later, uh, I think this is all culminating to a top 10 of all time. Uh, yes. W- w- once we finish our this segment over that's a brutal that's a brutal list yeah but we, we got like by my calculations <laughs> we have like four four years before we get there but start but, rewatching every horror movie ever. ever. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> But interest also, Aliens made top ten of the '80s. So there's a, fran- a franchise that yes. carried over Alien and Aliens, both making uh, the list. But I mean, to me, fucking top five of the '70s compared to the '80s, like it's not even close. Like '70s blows it out of the water, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, '70s got like game changers in it. '80s is right. solid. I love '80s, but yeah, '70s has these just the building blocks of horror, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the seventies the had bigger titles, you know, but the eighties had more. Like I'd right. a, I'd more a harder time trying to figure out my like, you know, nine and ten for the seventies than I did in the eighties. Like I had so many choices in the eighties, whereas the seventies, my like watch list wasn't that long, you know. So yeah, it's uh but goddamn those top five, six movies are heavy hitters. Absolutely. I mean, when you have num- Dawn of the Dead making number six in, yeah. in a top what ten, was, uh, a top ten ultimate list. <laughs> was Day of the Dead on the top ten last year? Day of the Dead was not in the top ten last year. It actually didn't even make uh, honorable mention. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Sons of bitches. Yeah. All yes. So I'll run it down real quick. We gave our top five of the eighties. I'll give the bottom five: Evil Dead Two, Evil Dead, Ghostbusters, Return of the Living Dead, and Aliens were your bottom five of that top ten list. Honorable mentions: Friday the Thirteenth, Fright Night, and The Lost Boys were your honorable mentions of the '80s. So, and, and just quickly, any titles that you either hadn't heard of or that surprised you in people put in like high or low or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. There was a lot. One I have never seen before that made a few lists was "Let's Scare Jessica to Death." Are you guys familiar with that one? 
Yeah, I've seen that one. No. It's um a girl with like a mental illness and they're trying to like is it real, is it not, is it in her head kind of thing. It's pretty good. Okay. Here's one that just missed out on the honorable mentions, and that is Phantasm. Phantasm was was pretty close. It made a, a decent amount of lists at seven and did peak with someone giving it their number five movie of the 1970s. So shout out to Phantasm. Also, one that made a decent amount of lists was Invasion of the Body Snatchers as well. That made quite a few lists. So That's shout got out to a them. really, here we go again, iconic scene too, where he does... Uh... The point in the point, yeah, open mouth thing. Yes, that's awesome. The movie itself, I, I don't know, I didn't love it though. I, I, I didn't either. That, that was the first one I rewatched in preparation for this episode, and it was kind of slow and a little boring. It has very strong moments, but overall, it's kind of yeah, a little slow for me. Mm-hmm. Also, some love for Torso Todd, your movie, which I got to check out now. Yeah, it made boy. yeah, it made a few lists. Also, a movie called Duel. Which I had never it's a car uh, movie, seen. isn't it? I think. Uh, yeah, I'm not familiar Spielberg with it. Spielberg, or I don't. Let me look that up because I think it's a car movie. Also, some love for um, another uh, exploitative uh, horror movie. I spit on your grave. Also Ooh, brutal. received. Brutal. Yeah, brutal movie. Actually, was num- someone's number one. So oh, that wow. did. That was one of the movies that did get uh, a number one, a first place vote. Uh, Duel, um, by the way, was directed by Spielberg. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it looks like a guy versus a. Another angry guy on the road. Mm-hmm. Some love for Trilogy of Terror as well on the list. As well as, here's one that I don't know if we've ever ever talked about this one. This movie, holy shit, this movie is fucking disgusting. It, I put it in line with sort of a Serbian film as far as just absolute depra- depravity. Um, and that is Salo, aka 121 days, 120 days of Sodom. Some sick fuck had it as their number four movie of the 1970s. It, I mean, it is a fucking crazy movie though. If you've never seen it, I actually, me and my friends got it bootleg at a horror con like in high school, and we watched it. And man, that is, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that one, but better, better times, better times. <laughs> Remember the guy that had just like racks of, of fucking bootlegs for like five yep. bucks. Yeah. Yep. Hell yeah. <laughs> Those are the days. <laughs> also some love for um blood sucking freaks as well there. Um as well as Deep Red for you Argento fans that made quite a few. But as far as like really obscure stuff, not really. House got some love, which was I think Steve, did that make your no. album mentions or anything? No? no. Okay. Uh House got got some love. Tales from the Crypt, the original from the nineteen seventies. Also really getting too. Yeah. yeah. A little love. Also some love for Phantom of Paradise, which I've never seen before. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that one. That's it's probably a, the most obscure one I haven't heard of. I think that's a Vincent Price movie, but I've never seen mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Eraserhead was another one that did receive a first place vote. So that was someone's number one movie of the 70s. Some love for Magic, Anthony Hopkins as well. And Salem's Lot. There's one that's kind of a big title that only made two lists. So, you know, uh, and someone had as their number two um, of the 70s. So, yeah, that that got uh, some love as well. And, yeah, Todd, you're the only one that had the crazies. So congratulations to you. Thank you. Let's go. <laughs> I almost had uh, I almost had Martin. on. Martin, I was going to say I was surprised not to see Martin. At least it was on there oh, yeah. the, the day of when I sent it. I was like, All right, I'm taking Martin off because I fucking hate one of his line deliveries in, that, in Martin where he's like, you want me for sex, huh? I'm like, shut up, you little fucking bitch. Just banger already. He, but yeah, Martin, Martin's really good, but not top 10 worthy. 
All right. You guys want to get into the questions? <laughs> yeah. All right. You can ask us those questions on social media at the Horror Squad Podcast or on our Discord. First one is from Austin. What four films from this era would you put on your Mount Rushmore of 70s horror? So I think this is a different question than our top four. I think this is more of like, these are iconic to horror. Yeah, no, great, great fucking question. Yeah. Michael Myers is up there, right, for everybody? Oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I want to mention Orca also got some love. And Jaws, too. So there you go. Even Jaws and Jaws. Orca in a long time. (laughs) Yeah, Orca, someone had it as their number four? Cool. I need need to track that one down. It's been a while. Yeah. Mount Rushmore, uh, though, I think we all have yeah. Leatherface on there. Yeah. I don't. You don't really? have it. Yeah. For, for, for the 70s? 70s Mount Rahar, Mount Rushmore. I, I, so he, I decided to do something a little different. I would put Bruce the Shark. <laughs> at, Love it. Uh, I would put Michael Myers. I would put a Xenomorph. And lastly, what did I say? Michael Myers, Bruce the Shark, Xenomorph. Yeah. And I would put, I don't know, those those three those three for sure though. I would put on. Oh, and then I would put Reagan, the Exorcist. Okay. And the reason I do that is because they all represent different genres of that. You know, you got sci-fi horror, you got religious horror, you got creature feature horror, and you got, of course, the slasher. So that's that's what I would do for my personal Mount Rushmore. I'm I'm taking out I'm doing your list, but I'm taking out Xenomorph. I'm putting in Leatherface. Okay. I mean, I, w- I mean, obviously Dawn's my favorite movie, but there's not like something that everyone knows from that movie. But if you mm-hmm. if any like the most basic film fan is gonna know those four characters easy. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm taking the list and I'm swapping Bruce with uh, also Leatherface. You know, if someone sees Bruce, I don't think they immediately think Jaws. It could be a shark from anything. It doesn't have to be even a movie, right? It could be just a regular shark. So I think the movie is iconic, and the movie would be on Mount Rushmore, but I don't think the character of Bruce would be on the Mount Rushmore. So, mm-hmm. If you put that image, though, from the cover, I agree. Todd's putting it up. I, I think people I, I, I think the horror fans, but the non-horror fans, I think people Maybe. would recognize Leatherface more. Yeah. So All right. Fair. Uh, going over to the Discord... So the first series of questions come to us from Eric. As we go further back in time, it's going to get harder and harder to build top 10 lists. How far back do you see this series going? Is there potential to combine decades, top 10 of the 40s and 50s, for example? Uh, we're going top of the 1890s, baby. <laughs> yeah, right. We're doing it. <laughs> yeah, I think after 60s, it's going to get pretty tough. And even the 60s for me is going to be pretty hairy. I'm going to have to definitely do a little more research um, for that. So after that, I think it's maybe like 50s and like 50s, 40s, 30s. Yeah, like kind of combined yeah. at that point. And then maybe do like a top 10 Universal Monsters thing if you want to go like way back or something. But yeah, I mean, I and it's going to be tough to even have people submit lists at a certain, you know, after the 60s. So. Yeah, but I, I agree. I, I think eventually top 10 of all time, that will be really interesting, especially for the ultimate list. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think we're, we are getting at that point where uh, it's going to be difficult. So I agree. 60s will do on its own and then maybe do one final 1959 and before uh, list and then culminate it with an all time top 10 and if we're still going in four years after those lists maybe we'll start doing by genre you know uh top 10 
uh, slashers, top ten zombie films, some top ten ghost films, you know, like top ten girls with blonde hair. Yeah, movies, but I, I think it's like fun. It like <laughs> cuts the year, you know. So in the kind of midway point of the year, we have our top ten, you know, decade or whatever list, and then at the you know January first, we have our top ten of the year list. So it's a nice like kind of halfway point for our podcast. So we'll keep it going in one form or another, but. It's definitely winding down with the decades, which is crazy to think, like, how far we've been going, you know, starting in the 2010s and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I can't really add too much to that, but I am excited, though, to look up, like, you know, 1940s horror movies and just, like, see what's out there, because I haven't really dived into that. It's probably two or three of my stats from Letterboxd from that decade, so it's going to be it's gonna be really fun. I agree. You know, we, we get to totally uh, explore stuff that maybe we're not as familiar with. His next question, are there any other similar features in the works? I think it's fun to have the listener participation in the best of the decade episodes. The director retrospectives are always fun. Maybe something similar for things like Troma, Muffle, Moonhammer, A24, Blumhouse, etc. Excellent idea. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I like to... I like to do the director retrospectives more often. We uh, we've only done one so far, but we do have one scheduled in three weeks, so that's pretty cool. It's just it's a lot of work because <laughs> uh, I try to watch like me personally. I watch everything they've done. I only have one Craven film left. Finally, I mean, I even hunted down his porno for fuck's sake in the like Library of Congress or some shit. <laughs> like, Steve watched it three times too, just yeah, to make yeah. sure he liked it. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's definitely something we want. I think we can do more of is. Uh, retrospectives and maybe companies like you said you know go th- but that's us god there's so much you know like a trauma or full moon or things like that it's it's a big fucking library so we'll, we'll, we'll figure something things out but we got some cool stuff planned for sure and eric's last question best of the 70s aside what is the most iconic movie from the 70s i say jaws because it transcends the genre everybody knows that music and what it means i agree 100 percent yeah, Jaws is a, a good pick. I think Halloween as well, probably. I mean, obviously, it made number one for a reason, but like I said, I think even non-horror fans, you see Michael Myers' mask, they know. Yeah, I'd also put Exorcist in that because like, it's basically spawned a subgenre. There there are so many Exorcism films that still pay homage to uh, to that movie. So, But like Jaws as well, it's, it's tough. But yeah, Jaws, Exorcist, Halloween, I think all three of them spawn so many fucking things that, uh, but like I said, Jaws transcends horror, right? With Shark Week and everything. So it's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, next series of questions are from Odd Job versus 007. That's Cody. If you could travel back to the 70s, what would you do slash check out? Yeah, I would do what I said. Like, I would love to go back and just see a horror movie with an audience for the first time i mean not doesn't even have to be obviously i'd love to see access but any of them honestly any of them from my top 10 would be fucking amazing imagine seeing jaws texas chainsaw massacre fucking alien for the first time holy shit that'd be amazing yeah if we're sticking strictly to what would we do horror wise i would i would go to dawn of the dead casting and become a zombie just hang out just hang out for fucking couple days or actually they film during the night a lot but yeah just hang out on set yeah just to see the reactions of people seeing these the stuff that's like Oh yeah, we know it. We take it for granted knowing it, right? Imagine seeing that shit at the like for the first time. I don't know if I would ever get in the fucking water. Period. If I saw Jaws, if I in 1975. Yeah, same thing for me. I'd like hunt down those filming locations and uh, go to the Dawn of the Dead Mall and go to Texas and you know try to be in all those films and then 
fucking live off conventions for the rest of my life you know i think that'd be freaking amazing just, just one slightly cool character and that's you're it set. you just see not even you don't even have to be that cool of a character you could just be in that movie really like yeah look at the uh living dead weekend right they had like fucking the most random ass zombies charging twenty dollars for an autograph. Know, it's, so. it's so nuts. <laughs> and they were getting, you know, they were getting money. So yeah, that's awesome. All right, his next question: What would your style be like? Seventies mustache, bell bottoms. Do you guys see pictures of your parents from that era? Yeah, he yeah. had the mustache and the, he, yeah. he, my dad looked exactly like what you would expect someone in the 70s to look my, like. My dad oh, did yeah. too. <laughs> I'm like, I, you're I a like... fucking hippie, dude. He's like, no, it wasn't. Yeah. I don't like hippies. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'd be like a like big into Kiss. So I'd be like rocking like... <laughs> I love be, it, dude. Yeah, I feel like I'd be rocking like the Kiss gear and sort you of like totally the rocker would, you, Kiss you do army it, you thing. You do it now with horror yeah. characters. Right. You totally go to their concert dress up as well. Yeah, one. totally. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I uh yeah man I'd I'd have fucking stash I'd probably have long hair and then I you, you go with the times right man I should bring some if you like look back at like high school videos of like 60s 70s and so on those those kids dress fucking nice we need to bring that back yeah yeah for sure you know I, I same thing for me you know I kind of followed the styles of the year especially in high school and stuff you know I I went through the hip hop phase. I went through the skater phase. I went through the preppy phase. I went through the fucking jock phase. So I would probably do the same thing in the seventies. Well, most so. embarrassing phase that you look back upon, guys. Oh fuck, the hip hop phase was pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I had the the fucking big ass uh, baggy pants with the giant pockets. The Jinkos or Jinkos? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like fucking four down feet wide. Yeah. Yeah. I saw Probably a guy like... rocking that at the airport recently. I'm like, dude. <laughs> dude, the shirt right down to my knees. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My new metal, like, maybe, I guess my, like, early new metal phase, I had, like, the fucking huge chain wallet and oh, the yeah. fucking spiky, like, blue hair and shit like that. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think my probably the Eminem phase that a lot of us went through. Yep. I dyed my hair. I wore a white shirt. <laughs> so stupid. Dude, but, I, I even yeah. went through a fucking Mean Street Posse phase where I had like Holy the, shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like the vest thing and like the white shirt under it. Man, I had my I had my I had a limp biscuit phase where I wore like my a red backwards red cap like Fred oh, Durst. That's so funny. <laughs> You know what the best thing about it is? There's no social media, so none of this exists anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're we're in charge of who gets to see that kind of stuff. And, <laughs> yeah. All right. And his last question: Disco, love it or hate it? Grease Lightning, baby. Yeah, I'm indifferent. There's some disco songs I can get down with. Play that funky music, why, boy? Yeah. No. Anything else? Yeah, disco ball. Why not? You know, disco I, ball I, is cool. Dude, I love disco. Like, I think it's awesome. <laughs> disco dance was like my jam in the nineties. I used to like get get pumped to it to go on dates and shit. It was it was awesome. I was practically like one of the guys from fucking Night at the Roxbury <laughs> for a, when I started clubbing and stuff. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Have you ever had the shoes with the goldfish? No, no, no. <laughs> no. Did, it was uh, from Simpsons Disco Stew. Yeah, yeah, disco, disco yeah. Stew, yeah. You, you and your wife ever go like disco dancing, Steve? No, she. I, I didn't meet her. I met her like later in life. So. No, I mean like right now. Like you should, no, next she's... weekend you should guys should go. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Not was, the, was the waterbed a seventies thing or was that? My like parents 80s? had one, man. Yeah, My parents 80s. had one too. Yeah, I, I think it was an eighties thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now that you look back and you're like, you lay on their bed. This is cool. You know exactly what they're fucking doing on it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gross bastards. <laughs> All right. Next here's a question are from Jackie. The 70s, 80s is my favorite era in horror. 
As each decade passes, I personally find quality of horror hasn't necessarily gotten worse, but has definitely changed. Nostalgia aside, what do you think is that made the 70s and 80s such a great time for horror? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I just think because there was a lot more originality, like, you know, things, you know, the later you get, it's harder to find that originality and a lot of stuff started getting recycled. So I think that's why the 70s and the 80s hit so hard. Um, The 70s more so, especially for originality. Obviously, the 80s just it became just slasher central and just everyone was kind of copying. But yeah, so I, I think originality plays a big part of it. I think culturally, too, you're going through a lot of transitions from World War II, Korea, and Vietnam, and a lot of people coming home angry and stuff like that. And I think it transitions to the art, like Tom Savini, for example. But I also think, too, like, for, from our perspective, we grew up kind of with, like, video and the beginnings of digital media, and then looking back on, like, 35 millimeter, like, it's just, or, like, 16 or stuff like that. It just looks, it looks different, and it sounds different. I think it just has this, we, we don't know that. Like, we didn't grow up in that. Our parents did, you know? So we don't know a life without technology. And to see that, like, where so many things could be solved if you just had a cell phone, it's just, it's just cool, you know? It's different. Yeah, I think technology had a big role to play in it as well. So this is when you can actually carry the cameras around, you know? Uh, before that, you had you needed, like, a stationary camera. You basically needed a studio to make a film, whereas now you could have these kind of people who had these great ideas had grown up on monster films who wanted to make something and had the equipment available for them to make those things. So I think this was the first generation of people who had grown up with horror. So you're getting kind of that love of horror with the available technology, and they made their versions of that horror. And I feel we're kind of getting that like now as well, where people who grew up with 80s horror and 70s horror are making films now. And that's why you're seeing the originality in like the 2010s and that kind of stuff. So it's like, I think that was the first generation that really grew up on horror. And that played a big role in that. So her next question. And what would you like to see brought back that made horror from the 70s and 80s so special? That's, that's, that's tricky. I mean, what that's do you bring? Tough. The, the look, I guess you can like X did an excellent job of emulating. Yeah, that, I thought. True. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think it's, I, I think it's, I don't think you can, honestly. Like, I think it's just like sort of a lightning in a bottle type scenario. You can't really replicate it. It's just too hard at this point. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people too, like modern people, you can tell like, oh, that's someone that lives in modern times. You know, it's hard to emulate really a 70s or even earlier look, like Victorian ages or whatever you see someone. I don't know. It's just, if you catch my drift, it's, I don't know. It's just an error. Like those actors lived in it and they were that. And then if you try to emulate it now, sometimes or more often than not, it doesn't work because you can tell that you can see the seams. Yeah. It's, it's very hard to mimic like a a time like that, you know, Uh, like my thing would be that I, I wish people went back to making the films they want and not try to conform to, you know, societal pressures of what is acceptable and what's not like push the boundaries if you can. But also what I find a lot, especially in indie films is a lot of them, hold back because it's so easy to release so they don't need to really push themselves to make something special that's going to get a wide release because back then that was really your only shot you know you either had to pay uh, you know you had to like actually make something that was good enough for people to see it whereas now you fucking make the you know like 
cocaine bear comes out and all of a sudden there's cocaine shark cocaine panther cocaine cougar like there's a million films and you watch them they're absolute shit because they're just making a good poster throwing it on tubi and then raking the money off that so back then they used to really try you know they like look, look at evil dead for example i know it's an 80s film the ingenuity that they had to come up with to make that movie work you know people don't do that they're fucking lazy now they just don't have that passion anymore and i think that's why i like to see people take from the 70s and 80s really like that point too and to expand upon it it's i you know the pros and cons to the day we live in now with whatever you want you can get like a filmmaker right now can go buy a camera for 150 bucks or just use your phone which your, your parents most likely paid for there's your your film filming utility right there but like the oversaturation in the market it's hard to stand out like steve was mentioning and like even when i was making films like if i wanted to like do a squib or whatever i can google it or do youtube and there's like a thousand people that can teach you how to do squibs back then it's like literally them doing stop motion to figure things out and pulling things out of their asses and going going down to the butcher to get real meat because it's easier to do that instead of latex it's just the ingenuity of the market and versus today where there could be like an amazing film that came out this year that we'll never even know about because it's not going to get on Tubi or it's not going to get a cool poster. It's just, it's going to come out and get buried by 400 other films that come out in the year because shit, we're not even scratching the surface on what comes out each year. Right. There's, I mean, especially as countries grow too, and they get more filmmaking materials and you get stuff from like, you know, West Africa or Egypt and everyone starts making films and you're never going to see anything. It's things are just going to get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. I, I miss, that's something about filmmaking that I used to miss is that the ingenuity that you had to make sometimes like, you know, people don't realize, but like me, it was the late nineties, early two thousands. I was in film school and we didn't have access to a lot of stuff like cool looking tombstones and realistic looking like limbs, you know, the stuff we had for Halloween was pretty shit. So we had to like come up with ideas to make our movie look better. I remember I did one where was someone like the script said that someone goes to a tombstone and then mourns and then like disappears into the forest. It was like a really simple scene. And I asked one of my like the people in my class, uh, okay, can one of you know how to like make a tombstone or whatever? It's like one of them was like, oh yeah, I could do that. So we get there on the day of shooting. I'm not kidding you, it's fucking a cardboard cutout on a fucking like stick, but I needed to shoot the stupid thing like you know, like 360 degrees. I'm like, I can't use this. Like the fuck, it looks like shit. So I just went in the woods, took two sticks together, found like, you know, essentially grass, tied the <laughs> sticks together. And it looked Love fucking it. amazing on <laughs> film, but you had to figure shit out. You didn't have things. So you, it's, I feel we're losing a little bit of that where people are kind of coddled too much. There's too much yes. available, you know? No, I hear you. And like my, uh, my daughter, like, will make little movies and like everything is digital. Everything. Like you can make special effects, you can make blood, you can blah, blah, blah. I remember we were trying to do um, a throat slit scene. And what we did was uh, I got a small insecticide sprayer filled up with blood and hit the pressure really hard on it. And then you run the tube under the actor's shirt. So when you slice it and you have to time it or you're fucked because none of us are replacing doing another scene twice. You know what I mean? You, you do it right or you don't. And like, or for example, I don't know if you ever use this one, Steve, but it, for headshots, you can you can hollow out an egg and then fill it with fake blood and then you throw it. <laughs> you got to tell the actor to like, all right, you got to react like you got shot in the head. You throw the fucking egg as best as you can behind his head and it looks pretty cool. It looks pretty cool, but like stuff like that, man, ah, it's so fun. It's just so fun to do. 
Yeah, and that pisses me off too. Like, I watched a shark movie. I was doll shark. Doll shark. <laughs> um, they use fucking CGI blood because it's so easy to make. Like, no, like I, I used to stain. Sorry, Dad. I used to stain my parents' walls with fake blood because of the shots I would do. You know, because we only had practical. We didn't have all these stupid special effects. So it just ma- it made it look better. So yeah. Yeah, I would. Um, sorry to keep going on this, yeah. but I would buy out. I would buy out Party City Blood after Halloween. Oh every yeah, year. for sure. Every year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, last year's questions are from Caleb. Biggest surprises that either made or didn't make any lists. Hmm. I guess my biggest surprise would be the Amityville Horror. I I thought for sure yeah, that would have been on like a lot more lists. Yeah, it made the honorable mention, but it's pretty damn iconic. 70s horror movie and uh I, I didn't see it on as many as i thought i was gonna see nothing honestly jumps out at me um maybe suspiria but i already, I already told you why not really a, a mm-hmm. huge fan and i thought exorcist would have been one or two but it's it was three so who cares yeah i, I was actually uh kind of sad not to see zombie up there for mm-hmm. the ultimate list but i feel that's because people haven't seen it or uh, you know and then definitely people need to check that one out because it's it's so fucking good. Like it's so well made. Mm-hmm. Um, his next question: Any movies that you never heard of that you want to check out? Torso, hundred <laughs> percent. Probably gonna check it out this week. Hell yeah! I hope you like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. None. None for me. I mean, I, I haven't seen Deep Red, but I think that was that an honorable mention or no? It made a few lists though. A few lists. I've never seen that mm-hmm. one. Yeah, n- nothing that like immediately stood out. I'm like, oh my god, I need to watch that. But I might rewatch Torso based off Todd's uh, recommendation. I saw it a long time ago. I- it wasn't on my rewatch list, and I haven't watched The Omen in a while, so maybe I'm due for a series watch on that as well. It's been yeah, same been a good few years, so maybe do that whole thing. This one's gonna be a tough one, <laughs> very tough one. Best score of the seventies. Oh, that is holy oh, shit. Boy, let's see. Exorcist, Jaws, Halloween. Right. Anything yeah. in the top five is but, like but, pretty but much. Gun, gun put to head. Which one do you think is the best score? Oh, man. Uh, Halloween. No, no, no. Jaws. Jaws, Jaws, Jaws. Mm. I, think, I think Halloween. I'm going to go Halloween. Yeah, I'm also going to go Halloween. That That's probably the one that like gives me the goosebumps the most even if i hear like at spirit halloween you know and mm-hmm. i hear that song and i'm just like oh it's that season and i it just all of the halloween like the holiday just floods into me and i i love that feeling. Right. if you're in the but water yeah. though and you hear the jaws thing i don't go in the water <laughs> <laughs> i know better todd the, the, the tubular bells though too man from oh, yeah. Just, oh yeah oh man yeah. that's another yeah all three are on my halloween haunted house playlist though absolutely mm-hmm. all right his next question most unique looking 70s movie example style way it was directed story etc i mean i'm gonna text chase i'm asker i mean it's just like so gritty so raw it just works for that type of movie you know and it was perfect unique Hmm. i don't know alien at the time maybe the the aesthetic of that ship yeah yeah i I would go suspiria you know Mm, even though it was only an honorable mention for me visually it's quite impressive there's a lot to use the colors is amazing in that film exactly yeah so that's what i would go with and finally last question for this episode you're hosting a 70s horror themed party 
what are you having and who are you dressing up as? <laughs> like, what are we having for food? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, yeah, pizza. Pizza and horror movies, nothing better. Pizza, beer, horror movies. As far as who am I dressing up as? Huh, that's a good question. I'm going to go, I'm going to dress as Carrie. Reverse <laughs> role, Carrie. Uh, pre or post blood? Post, of course. Nice. <laughs> I am, uh, we're having a big ass cookout and I'm dressed as my, uh, sorry, Leatherface and I'm just grilling. I nice. got the apron on, I'm grilling <laughs> for everybody. Nice. Uh, I'm going to be the the uh, the creeper and I'll dress as Pazuzu and just like nice. <laughs> stand in dark corners and just like <laughs> creep people. Yeah, Love it. Yeah. Or maybe Bruce and just like yeah, have there fun you go. Yeah. I think it'd be awesome. So you have thank a jacuzzi, you. you can sit in the yeah, that'd be, yeah with the shark head on the top. Mask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so thank you everyone for the questions and for the lists and everything we could not do without without you. So awesome, fun. fun. All right, awesome. All right, I think that is going to wrap it up then for our 1970s episode. Once again, thank you everyone for sending in your lists. You guys are awesome. In the meantime, you want to keep up with the podcast: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. Just search the Horror Squad podcast. You can email us anytime the horror squad podcast at gmail.com. And of course the absolute best way to keep up with the podcast is our discord completely free to join amazing community over there. All you gotta do, just send us a DM through any of our socials and we will send you a link to get over to the discord. We got movie club coming up soon, Steve as well, right? We do. Yeah. Uh, by the time a week from this episode. Oh wait, no, I think it's actually this fucking Friday. Yeah, it's the, oh, the day this episode right. releases. There you go. Yeah, movie club. We didn't pick one this month, and we decided that because it's summer, a lot of people are on vacation and stuff. I don't think the attendance will be as big as usual. So we're just going to pick one on the fly uh, from a list of movies that, you know, I, are, I'm able to stream. So. Awesome. No. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. How to get into the movie club? All you gotta do, just join our Discord. You can join the movie club. We do them every single month, so you can join in on that fun stuff. Merch tpublic.com backslash the horror squad podcast if you want to represent the podcast at horror cons or just out on a run or whatever. And don't forget, leave us a five star review if you haven't already on any of your podcast platforms. Now, I think that is going to be it. We'll see you guys next week for. I don't even know what we're doing, Steve. What are we doing? So <laughs> on our schedule, it's Feed Me, which was my pick. Mm. But I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to push out oh. a week because there's a discussion that I can't wait to have with you guys. So I'm pushing one up. I'm going to do Todd's pick first. So we'll do Fire in the Sky next week. Nice. Uh, talk, talk some aliens. And then we'll do Feed Me the week after. There's a awesome. lot of alien talk in the real world right now, too. I know. Yeah, so it's like is. a good timing. So I figured I'll I'll push it up a little bit. And the director, unfortunately, just passed away uh, like last week, I think. So yeah, I'd probably even be in the news of that episode. So yeah, well, cool. I, th- I think it would be a fun discussion about aliens. And, and I've never seen it. So. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Very cool. So there you have, folks. I see currently it looks like it's. Maybe streaming over on Hulu and Amazon Prime in the States, or you can just buy it for the low, low price of $379 over on Vudu. So there you go, Fire and Sky from 1993. We will be talking aliens next week. So we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. 